Welcome to In the Back Room with Bob Howard, where we will explore topics of leadership, motivation, sales, workplace dynamics, and trends that are shaping our future. Bob has spent the last 15 years as president of a subsidiary for a Fortune 1000 technology solutions company. Bob believes the foundation of leadership starts with integrity, self-awareness, communication, and empathy. Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. So let's get started with your host, Bob Howard. So Lisa, welcome to uh, the show today. Hopefully you're having a good day. Thank you, Bob. I am. Thank you very much. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. I have the sense of deja vu right now. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) People, if you're listening long enough, you'll find out why I said that. (laughs) So I was wondering if you could just kind of give everyone a quick idea of, you know, your time and experience in the IT field. Yes, thank you. So uh, I have over 30 years experience in the IT industry working both in the sales department as an executive account manager or in marketing. I started my career at Gateway Inc., formerly Gateway 2000, and then MPC. Thankfully, met you and Mr. Marconi and Lisa Trishiani at a trade show called Educause alongside a colleague of mine, an old colleague, uh, Brad Dinky. And uh, you were working for Connection and you saved 40 of us. You, you hired 40 individuals from MPC at a time when uh, the company was very close to closing its doors. And we uh, became resellers and uh, started a new career under your leadership. uh, Thank you very much. And then uh, the pandemic hit. And unfortunately, I was torn because our beautiful now 11 year old, who is nonverbal, has a learning, has learning disabilities, uh, was going to be learning virtually. And so I tried uh, during the summer of 2020, to work from home and uh, teach our son. And I kept missing Zooms for him, not for us. And uh, he had summer school and I'd miss maybe a Zoom OT he or Zoom PT. Uh, he's had the same physical therapist for 11 years and the same occupational therapist for seven years. So I'm very blessed. And they were trying to continue with this therapy over Zoom, and I was missing that. And then uh, with school approaching in August, uh, he was going to continue with virtual teaching, and I had to resign. And I was torn because I loved my role, but I needed to support our child. And I was in a unique situation where we could make that decision. Not everybody, you know, not all families are able to do that, which is, you know, unfortunate because the world has changed. So uh, now I am thankfully working for our local school district. Uh, I go to work with our 11-year-old every day, and I am in a room that's joined to his special ed room, even though he goes out into the classroom with the other sixth graders. I work with an amazing group of 
faculty members. He has a great crew of both teachers. And then, of course, I mentioned his his physical therapist and occupational therapist. They've been with him for many, many years. And then he has a great speech therapist. So I, I'm right there. I'm able to see you know, his achievements. I'm right there watching him grow, but I'm also able to speak with uh, his special ed teacher on a daily basis. I have a great relationship with her and they have to put up with me because I ask way too many questions and I'm constantly trying to uh, suggest ideas to get him to uh, to learn and, and uh, work as hard as he can because he's very capable and he has many different abilities. Choices that you made about supporting, you know, your son and being at home and you didn't feel that you could, you know, support him in your job the way you wanted to do it, the way you've done it in the past was definitely hard, but it's something that, you know, I feel should be celebrated because uh, everybody has different choices they need to make. And, you know, luckily you were able to do that. Not everyone will have that ability to do it, but I do appreciate that you know, you thought about your customers, what was best for them, what was best for you and your family. And I know that everyone there in the uh, Sioux City area is such great people. And when we did meet at Educause, it was just, you know, it was sad because you would see the MPC uh, booth and, you know, not many people were you know, visiting and it was just a challenging time for all the employees there with being able to take care of their customers. And there was such a legacy with the area and Gateway and everything that they worked hard to do and grow the business. I was just glad to be part of that with everyone, you know, Bob, Lisa, you, Brad, Darren, Corey, everyone. Jenna was a big help too with, uh, you know, all the support I needed just trying to get all the different programs up and running, but just, just great, great people out in, in, in the Midwest. So, you know, it's such a beautiful area. It's the, you know, um, the Tyson's headquarter or international beef. One of the things I thought was fascinating about Gateway. And this was before, you know, they, I think there was like these full-fledged CRMs, but when they hired people, everyone had to choose a name to uh, first name to work with their customers. Is that correct? That is correct. Absolutely. And, and if you were in a sales position, a sales role, we could only have, for example, one Lisa. Thankfully, I was the first Lisa as an account executive. So I, I was, I kept my name. But, for example, my husband's name is Brian, but we had already had a Brian in sales, so he had to change his name. So at Gateway, he was known as Ben. And to this day, people in the community that know him from Gateway, they will call him Ben. They think his name is Ben. Yeah, it, it, great. I mean, it, we, we I grew up at Gateway, and so I have nothing but fond memories, and, and I'm very grateful because of the skills I acquired from Gateway, I was then able to take my career on and, and, and move into the role for you and your team at Connection, as, as did, you know, other individuals from Gateway, you know, the entire floor that you hired. So, yeah, uh, go ahead and ask your question. I'm sorry I took over. I can be bad with names until I, you know, uh, speak with someone quite a few times when, you know, there's so many different employees. But it made it much more difficult when I was talking to someone and 
I knew their name based on the person we hired, but then the calls uh, would come in. And when I was talking to a customer, they would be utilizing a different name. And I'm like, oh, this is so confusing to me. But I did finally yeah. get used to it. And I thought it was a, a unique way about uh, going about business. So that was just kind of a, a, an interesting story I would, you know, wanted to share. One of the things I did want to ask you is, do you see or consider yourself a leader? I do. Uh, oh, good. I, I do consider myself a leader. And, 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 and here's why. Because I'm a mother and a <laughs> sure. grandmother. And, and I feel like, you know, even in the community, I, I thank you for complimenting our community. We do. We come together in the community. So many of us love to take part in different, you know, charities, different um, nonprofit events. And I feel like, you know, there are times where even, even if it's something where a parent needs to take the lead and, and help the school with one of the fundraisers, I'm that person. So I, I do kind of feel like I'm good, a leader, but not in an executive like well, yourself, right? <laughs> so there's a difference. It's overplayed <laughs> a little bit on that side. I, I always hate when people would introduce me to someone be like, oh, that's my boss. He's a person. I'm like, I'm a coworker. <laughs> you know, in the end, that's really what, what I am. My job is to help try to make other people's jobs easier. But the reason why I ask the question is even when we went to open the facility. I know a lot of the individuals were looking for your feedback and there's no way that we could have been successful without, you know, your help and support and then, you know, Darren and Brad and everyone else, because, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone is, you know, nervous about their job anyways, just because the situation at the time. And then, you know, here's a bunch of strangers. We don't know, you know, what's everyone's feelings about that. And, you know, I know that, you know, you were very supportive and you, you helped out and did an amazing job. And, you know, when you left the job, even the way you did that, you know, was just, you know, again, you were leading by example. So that's why I definitely wanted to <laughs> ask the question because sometimes people don't necessarily notice it, but I, of themselves, but, you know, definitely that's something that I always, I always know. And thank you for that. And then. Thank you. That's awfully kind of you. And I, I, I can't um, take all that credit. I, I, again, I, I just feel that again, I'm blessed because we work really well together as a team in the community and, and the individuals that you and I worked with here in North Sioux city. They're just one big team. And I think they, I think we all kind of support each other and. You know, and uh, if we, you know, that was a very difficult time for many people, but very exciting at the same time. Thanks to, to you and Mr. Marconi and Lisa Triciani. So, I mean, we just, we can't thank you guys enough. And here we are again. I know. And, I know. And I, I appreciate it. And then uh, one other question I did have about, you know, leaders is when you think about a leader, what, how would you define what a leader is? Well, uh, how would I define or what would, well, I, a good leader, I feel, is someone who is, has really good communicational skills, but is honest and, and respectful and isn't afraid to do the same work they're expecting of us, right? You know, I just, I think we're all, we're all people, we're all humans. And so a good leader 
acknowledges that and, and is willing to do the same work. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, it's about communicating and respecting each other and trying to, you know, doing what they can to help the individual succeed. Yes, I know a lot of people are going to be really surprised to find out I am not a professional podcaster. When I was interviewing Lisa Miller, I realized about 16 minutes in, I did not hit the record button. So Lisa was a good sport, and um, we tried to go back and recreate a bit of what we discussed. But one of the main parts that was missed was actually the definition of what is Down syndrome. So I just wanted to share quickly from the CDC website is that it is a condition in which a person has an extra chromosome. And while a baby is typically born with 46, they have an extra copy of one of those chromosomes, which is chromosome 21. And that is the chromosome that's responsible for what's known as Down syndrome or also as trisomy 21. And that extra copy impacts the baby's body and brain developing both in pregnancy and after pregnancy. It actually is the most common genetic uh, condition that people are born with. So one in 691 babies will be born with Down syndrome. And that also there's three different types of Down syndrome, which I wasn't aware of until, you know, doing research and speaking with Lisa. The first one that I did mention was trisomy 21. That's about 95% of the people with Down syndrome have that. And that's one where we talked about each cell in the body has three separate copies of chromosome 21 instead of the usual two. Also, there's the second one, which is called translocation down syndrome. This type accounts for a small percentage, about 3%. And that occurs when that extra part or the whole extra chromosome 21 is present, but it's attached or as they call it, translocated to a different chromosome rather than being a separate chromosome 21. And then they have what's known as mosaic Down syndrome. And this type affects about 2% of the people with Down syndrome. Mosaic means mixture or combination. So for children with mosaic Down syndrome, some of their cells have three copies of chromosome 21, but other cells have the typical two copies of chromosome 21. So just those are the three different aspects. Also, uh, I do apologize for what you will probably notice that some of the editing or arranging of the answers may seem just a tad off and that's just related to me going in and editing and moving things around. So I appreciate all your patience. So thank you. We want him to learn to say, respond with at least one word. And then we changed it to two words. And now we're up to three or four words. And a lot of times he's meeting those goals. So he's starting to talk. He's 11 years old, but it took 11 years, but he's starting to use his voice. He's signing less He's using his voice more and or he uses his iPad. So thank goodness for technology. Thank goodness for our background. You had mentioned talking about, you know, uh, Grady and the nonverbal aspect. And what I thought was awesome, obviously, was the ability to use sign language. Was that challenging for you to learn how to use? No, because interesting enough, as a young child, I have a cousin who was born deaf. Uh, my grandmother uh, volunteered me to learn it along with him. And it was one of those things, if you use it, you will, con you will remember it. But I, I didn't, you know, as I grew up, I didn't use it all the time. So I, I, I forgot a lot of it. Well, it was great that you had a good base in sign language from uh, learning when you were younger. 
So Lisa, can you tell us a little bit about the Awareness Month in October? In the month of October, uh, there's different ways that you can celebrate Down syndrome. There's local, you mentioned Gigi's Playhouse, so thank you, because that is, that's the local achievement center that's closest to us. And that's, that's the achievement center that really educated um, our family on different resources available to us when Grady was born. But across the world, there are, there are many different achievement centers and really they're nonprofit. So join a buddy walk um, to raise awareness, uh, volunteer where you can and just spread the word, you know, spread the kindness. Yeah, I noticed that uh, they have somewhere around 30 states that have locations on Gigi's Warehouse, which is awesome. I did also see they had a, and it wasn't until you were just speaking about, you know, some some place would be like 30 days of or 31 days of. And on the Gigi's Playhouse, they have 21 ways you can spread acceptance. And when I was reading through that today and I did the pledge and stuff like that, I was it didn't dawn on me that it's um, the 21 is tied into the chromosomes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I totally missed that. Yes. Uh, You know, and it's, I'm, our family is located in a school district where to me, a godsend, because that's what I have locally, but different states have different centers. Utilize those resources because uh, whether you're a recently pregnant person that just found out you're going to have a child with Down syndrome, or you have an older brother that maybe was never involved in, you know, some type of activity. It doesn't matter. They have programs available for newborns all the way up to young adults, you know, including dances, proms for young adults, to and under programs for children, sign language lessons for parents, tutoring. I used to I used to be a tutor at Gigi's Playhouse uh, for a student twice a week, and I would tutor her on her math skills. You know, you can always volunteer in you know, at different, uh, at different achievement centers. But the nice thing is I also am in a, I am involved in a school district where our teachers are just rock stars. Really at the end of the day, parents have to, we have to be, we have to be our children's voice. And so we have to advocate. We have to be the one that speaks up and, and every teacher, every special ed teacher, every mainstream teacher that Grady has had, has had to put up with me, but they're wonderful because we built such a solid relationship with our with our staff over there and and with the paraprofessionals that have worked with Grady. So I've been extremely blessed. However, they might be thinking, oh gosh, here she comes again. <laughs> you no, know, I'm you never sure. know. But no. <laughs> you know what though? Every parent that's fighting for, you know, their child and getting them all the support. You know, on top of it, what I you know, I've known about this for a while now is the federal law and it's the, what people might know it about, it's called IDEA, which is Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. And mm-hmm. that- right. IEPs. Yep. And, you know, the thing for what I believe is so beneficial about any of these groups or what's the word I'm looking for? Support groups uh, like Gigi's Playhouse, right? They're able to, I'm sure, let people know what rights they have as a parent with a child with disabilities and 
There's so many different programs. There's even attorneys who really help parents with understanding what the law is, how it relates to the education. But in the end, it's to ensure all children with disabilities have available to them a free appropriate public education. Yes. So it's a, yes. yeah, so it's, it's great. Now, did you know about that program before you were involved with um, a sport group or a group like Gigi's? No, it's interesting because uh, we live in the state of South Dakota and Gigi's Playhouse is in Sioux City, Iowa. Okay. Where I'm located. I mean, of course there's the playhouse that we, the center that we participate in, they have 31 centers, I believe across the world. And it's, actually in the United States and Mexico right now. But because the playhouse is in Iowa, Iowans and the state of South Dakota have different laws based off of IUP. So really it's important for parents, especially new parents with children with down with any type of disability, to find out what your state laws are for for the IUPs and and then find out what your resources are because there are so many resources available. And I've met families uh, with children that have had IEPs, individual education programs. Their children's been on an individual education program, but the parents didn't know that there were resources available other than just what the public school is offering. And so it's always so important to ask questions, you know, with anything. You know, with any role that you're in, whether it's your job or as a parent, just write down your thoughts, write down your questions and and ask many questions always. You know, it's just it's okay to utilize the centers, but also utilize your public schools. Yeah, and it gets so confusing because you have, you know, federal laws and then you have state Mm -hmm. laws and then you have grants from the federal agencies that go into the states. And that's why. Some of these attorneys do a really nice job of understanding some of the complexities and, you know, how to best be able to do that if a parent feels that maybe there's something else that might be able to get done. I always suggest, you know, reach out to everybody you can, you know, get as much Mm -hmm. feedback as you can because, you know, it's your child, right? And especially, you know, you mentioned the pandemic, it's very, very challenging for parents, the kids, the teachers, and everyone else, because when everyone had to go remote like you did, people were doing multiple jobs in the house. They had other kids doing school, spouses, or friends, roommates, and it it got a little crazy. And, you know, uh, the teachers have definitely felt a lot of, you know, the impact to trying to make sure they're doing the best that they can. And I I have to say just in general, I think that the schools were responding well as fast as they could, but I would, there's very few that were prepared for a pandemic where boom, everyone had to work remotely. Right. I agree. Uh, Right. Absolutely. And and even, you know, as the poor, our, our educators, even though they had the technology, a lot of them, did have technology in hand, they 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 really hadn't had a chance to use it, or they didn't. It, they they never took the, they were never trained on how to utilize it. So there's that, right? So they had to they had to learn, and then of course 
a lot of students didn't have internet. I mean, it's it's amazing to me how many how many uh, families, unfortunately, in the United States do not have internet. So there's that. So there there's that issue. But then there's also, of course, you know, as we know in in the United States, we're having a hard time hiring, and so we're short staffed. For example, right now. Grady, it'll be November uh, next month. He has not had a consistent paraprofessional all year and he needs a one-on-one for many reasons. And fortunately, we just cannot find the the help. So, you know, he's falling behind. So with all the work that we've done to keep him on task to to start achieving his goals, he's he's falling behind. No fault to his teachers at all. It's just we're short staffed. So I thankfully am there and I'm able to help offer suggestions on what works for him because we're so short-staffed. If I'm walking through the room and I see that he is, for example, sitting on the floor playing with dinosaurs, where maybe he could be working on words or looking at uh, an educational program on the on the laptop, um, can offer suggestions. And, and so that's helpful as well. I'm I'm very, I feel very blessed that I'm in a role that I'm in right now because of the situation that the world's in. I mean, basically, but yeah, as far as raising awareness, celebrating Down syndrome, you know, it's a, a, it really, it's just a matter of knowing that our kiddos can learn and they will learn. They just, they learn at a different pace and there's many different resources available that your child does have Down syndrome or any type of disability. Find out what your resources are. Don't be afraid to Build a great relationship with your school district and the teachers because, I mean, we're all here to help each other. And, you know, that's the most important part is let's just understand that uh, our children, our children with disabilities can, you know, they can they can do anything they set their minds to as long as we're there to support them and, and, and we're utilizing yeah, each abso- other. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there were a couple of things that... You mentioned like I didn't even think about the uh, sign language, right? And first of all, I think sign language is so awesome to watch. You know, it's just such an expressive way to communicate. But you know, for when someone's in that nonverbal stuff, that is such a a great way to approach how to communicate. And then, you know, you had mentioned in the past people would send a sympathy cards. It's just, you know, things that people don't understand. It's important to really understand it. So everyone can try to have their best unique self, right? And, you know, as a job, as a parent, that's what we're trying to do is watch out for our children. And I know it was interesting because I believe it's all because of the awareness month. There was a gentleman on LinkedIn who had posted about his um, daughter and, you know, he had said just recently he was telling a business colleague about how their child had Down syndrome and the person, you know, had said, geez, I'm sorry about that. And, you know, the person said that he knew it wasn't being insulting right at that point. But sometimes, you know, how we respond to people can be challenging. Right. And, you know, I'm sure you had to face a little bit of uh, how people respond to that. Right. First. Well, it's. Well, it's funny because when Grady was born, my husband had no idea what Down syndrome 
was. And I recognized right away his facial feature. And I looked at the doctor and he was talking to Grady. He was just newborn. And I asked, does our child have Down syndrome before she even had a chance to tell us? And she excused herself. And so I looked at the nurse and asked the question again. And my husband turned around and he asked, what's Down syndrome? I mean, just, you know, he had no idea as he was very innocent. And um, I simply asked him to stay with the baby and because they were going to have to run some tests. Then the doctor came back in the room and told us. And I was completely in love with our son from the minute he was born. But I was worried about health issues that he might have due to his disability and so that scared me. I was scared because I didn't know if he was going to have heart issues or just, you know, I was worried what kind of health health issues he was going to have. We were blessed. Grady's a healthy 11-year-old little boy. He's very capable, which all of our children with disabilities have many different abilities and they're capable of doing anything, right? It's just, like I said before, every every, every person goes at a different pace and Grady has OT, he has he has occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, all promoting to get him to develop and be where he needs to be. And so, you know, we're very blessed. But at the time, I was I was kind of I was just worried. I wasn't so much sad, I was worried. And bless this nurse's heart. She gave us she gave us the evening, but the next day she came in and she opened our shades and she looked at me sternly and she said, you need to celebrate. You have a healthy new baby. Your baby lived. Some babies do not. Some babies are born dead. Ah. And she was right. It, it was an eye opener. I was. Yeah. I mean, she she was absolutely right because we had asked our family just to not come and visit to give us some time, and so sure. she was right. So then we we called the kids and we said, "Get up here," and that's when we started kind of just researching a little bit, but didn't really go out and introduce ourselves. And then we, three months later, we were at a, our school district's, a local high school basketball game. And this sweet gal came over and introduced herself. And she said, I'm on, on the board of directors of Gigi's Playhouse. I've been meaning to call you. I understand your son has Down syndrome and we'd like to educate you on different resources. We joined and eventually became board members. And then we, of course, with the pandemic, we haven't been participating like we should, shame on us. But, you know, it, it, it doesn't really matter which center you join. It's just, you know, get out there and get involved. You know, just help help your neighbors. Or I'm sure everybody has a relative that has, you know, some type of disability. You know, just, you know, that's that's the only message I can give is, you know, encourage each other to yeah. help. And Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, You know, I know that when I was looking at some of the different websites, uh, you know, obviously they do say, as people should celebrate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if a friend who is not sure what to say, it's always good to just say, hey, I'm sure, you know, there may be some things you're going to need help with. Is there, let me know how I can help out. But I think that, you know, First time I really knew about Down syndrome was watching uh, the TV show with uh, Corky. And yeah, life goes on. And yeah, it was such a a great series. And I learned, you know, quite a bit about, you know, Down syndrome through the series. But there's so many misconceptions that 
the awareness month, I think, is just fantastic. So if anyone has a chance, they should go to Gigi's Playhouse, and I will post it on the show notes. And they also have an area where they could sign up to do the pledge, and there's different things folks can do, like, you know, donate $21 or different things like that just to help support the group and also support, you know, you know, all the educational resources they want to offer. And then I found on their website, they have, they have a fun podcast actually. And which I thought was great when I was listening to it. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, and see, and I have not listened to the podcast, but I'm going to admit now that uh, you have me on yours, I've your, your podcast is the first one that I've listened to. I, I'm very aware of podcasts. I know it's the latest trend. I've often said, I, I have a handful of podcasts that I've often said I'm going to listen to, but Bob, yours is the first. Um, I listen to your mindfulness and then I listen to Gus Schmedlin and, you know, both, both of those podcasts, we could tie into what you and I are talking about. Our teachers, our staffs, they need, they need support for all their students, but also for, you know, their special ed programs. Gus touched on that. And then, your lovely wife, Cecilia, mindfulness, you know, we need to be in the moment. We need to be selfless. We need to be, what she say? you said, mindful, selfless, and compassionate. That all ties into this. Every, every like I said, every state um, has some type of center. I know for, for me, Gigi's Playhouse was, was our, you know, they, they were, they were, the biggest resource that my husband and I will forever be grateful to because they they open the doors for our entire family. We have relatives that now volunteer and, and help out in different nonprofit organizations that maybe they wouldn't have, but because they started volunteering or are taking part in different type of nonprofit events for Gigi's, they now just kind of move along and, and help our community with other nonprofit organizations. And I think that's huge. And, you know, that's a gift that Grady brought to our family, but uh, it's, you know, uh, it's just a time to celebrate. And it's, it, it, it's not just about Down syndrome. I know that for me, October was Down syndrome awareness month and that's what you asked about, but for all of our kiddos within our sure kiddos and adults, any, any individual with a disability, you know, stand up for them, speak for them, ask questions, you know, just help support them because, you know, at the end of the day, we want them, we want the kiddos to grow up to be independent and confident and, and uh, just happy. um, Absolutely. Right. And so we do that by, by being kind. Sure. No, absolutely. And just so everyone out there knows, I'm trying to be mindful at the moment, but uh, <laughs> I I say absolutely so many times, it's uh, absolutely driving myself crazy now. I started picking it up during my wife's podcast. I'm like, oh, but I think what everyone has to be aware of is being open to um, opportunities or being open to kind of following a trail, I'll call it like the... Uh, breadcrumbs last week, that's, you know, as I was working on that, and then I was doing some research uh, for just speaking with you on Down syndrome, I did find one of the articles I located was at, and I'll put this on the show notes too, American Association on Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. 
And they have a case study called Down With Meditation, case study of a young man with Down syndrome. And I'm like, how cool is that? You know, there's, yeah, so, you know, there's so many great resources and different things that, you know, you don't really necessarily think uh, about on the mindfulness side, but I'm like, you know, in meditation, it does cross over to everyone, regardless of disabilities or wherever life is. And like my wife said, one of, one of my favorite lines that she used was the ultimate mobile device, your breath, right? You know, you can always be with your breath and use that to uh, be more mindful. And I, it's the breadcrumbs. I'm like, here I am doing the meditation thing with my wife. I spoke to you earlier about doing the Down syndrome discussion and how do we make people more aware of it. And then I've trip over, you know, mindfulness, um, with the young man with down syndrome. I'm like, wow. I'm like, geez, it's like the universe speaks, you know, sometimes you just have to be listening. Yes. Yeah. We were, it's, you know, we're all connected one way or another, everybody. We're trying to, especially right now when we are trying to get back to the, what, what we viewed as the norm. Right. I, I feel like we are more aware of the way we liked to the world, the way we'd like to see the world to be. Does uh, that make sense? Yes, it, it does. And just so everyone's aware, I was mindful not to use that A word that I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> and no, it's not the bad A word, but so. Uh, Absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, so today I think sometimes what social media can be such a positive influence in people aware of, all these um, different programs and ways to help is so important. And that's such a good note to end on because uh, we, we all learn differently and we all learn at a different pace. I know I used that word pace before, but I, I use it because I always say it's, it's on Grady's terms. It's on Grady's pace when we're trying to get him uh, to learn something new or when we're adding something to his goal that may be, may seem like he's never going to reach it, but I know he can. So it's just uh, uh, something to keep in mind. You know, um, we're all differently abled and uh, we're all here to help each other. And so thank you. Thank you for um, mentioning that, you know, October is National Down Syndrome Awareness, but it's, even though we have that month, it, it, uh, there are so many individuals that have many different disabilities and varied levels of different uh, disabilities, whether it's physical or intellectual. So, you know, that, you know, we're here to help each other, find an achievement center, volunteer. If you are a parent, don't be afraid to uh, speak up and get to know your teachers and your school district and, and learn the resources that are available to you. That's awesome. Great advice. And again, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough. I'm always grateful to you. And I really, I wish you well. I'm excited about your podcast. Your wife did, by the way, still the show, The Last Mindfulness. So please tell her kudos. And I enjoyed listening to that. And thank you for being my cast. I will forever be a fan and I will continue to follow you. So thanks again for listening in today. If you go to the notes section on the podcast, You'll see a link to the Down Syndrome Creed, which is a very beautiful and touching poem. And I hope that you all have a great week. Thank you very much. 
Thanks again for listening to In the Back Room with Bob Howard. And make sure to share your thoughts, questions, and ideas for future podcasts to bob at inthebackroompodcast.com. Have a great week.